Welcome. I'm Jessica Tejan, and this is the Evolving to Exceptional podcast, where we talk about reaching peak performance in our workplaces, homes, and communities so that we can live our best life possible, an exceptional life. Welcome back to this special episode of Evolving to Exceptional. I'm Jessica Tejan, and we have Meldina Alabasic here, and today we are going to talk about cultivating exceptional performers at life, not just at work. And this is kind of a, a special topic because it came to me while I was re- reflecting on last week's school shooting in Texas. And the heartbreaking consequences of that event, followed by the standard political debates that happen every time we see one of these crises or major challenges occur. And then I got to thinking about that along with the the challenges that seem to be ever present and, and increasing in our lives. You know, people are always faced with these challenges and, and the things like the safety of our children in schools, the increasing rates of depression, drug abuse, and suicide, especially in children. The wars and pandemics occurring in the world, the financial and economic challenges, no matter what time we find ourselves in, there are just massive challenges in the world. And these challenges can occur at really small scales in our home, families, schools, workplaces, and communities as well. We can have our own very individual, specific crisis, and these add up. It's the a million small paper cuts actually hurt a lot. Death by a million small cuts, right? And here at Evolving to Exceptional, our vision is to help people live exceptional lives. And so we got to thinking, what is it that prevents them from doing so? What do you think, Maldina? What are some of the things that prevent people from living their best life? So I think it starts with people not having the skills, the knowledge, or the capabilities that are necessary to know how to do so. Yeah, exactly. We don't always get those experiences in our life growing up. And no matter what, people are going to keep encountering these challenges. And unless they're equipped with the capabilities to navigate them in life in general, both at work and at home, we're going to continue to struggle. We're going to continue to see the same cycles repeat with us, with our children, with their children, and so on. And so we wanted to really rethink here at EDE, at Evolving to Exceptional, how we can make a difference in the world. How is our business showing up as part of this and going to make a, a contribution? And our business is really focused in workplace performance and creating exceptional workplaces because we believe if people are struggling at work, then they're not going to be able to have an exceptional life. And so by helping to support workplaces, create those exceptional experiences for their employees, that will help employees live a better life. But the opposite is true as well. If people are struggling at home, they will not be able to perform as effectively at work. And that's going to impact their life overall as well, which means it's critically important for us to address both. And if we really want to bring about change in our world today, workplaces have the unique potential to play a really key role 
by using what workplaces need to do anyway, which is cultivate performance skills. So today we want to talk about how can we use what workplaces do anyway in enhancing the performance of their people and have a positive impact on society at large. So Jessica, you shared that people are just not equipped to be able to enjoy the experiences that they're going through in life. Why not? You know, why are people not equipped with these capabilities already? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in answering that question, I want to start by saying that it's not that people are wrong or bad or not effective. I went to school for years. I went to, to college, to grad school, to law school. I've spent the last decade in certification programs and courses and training and development and reading every book I can get my hands on. And I think that the reality is that these key capabilities that can really help us navigate the challenges we experience in the world aren't something that we're exposed to early in life and they aren't something that we're taught in school. And oftentimes they are learned, but they come much later in our career or in our lives. They come through leadership development programs mm -hmm. or they come after many years of experience, which unfortunately means that, that we don't have that knowledge as we're raising our families, as we're raising our children to be able to apply it in that context and, and really transform and, and evolve our children's experiences further. Yeah, that really makes me think of how many times I've gone through something and afterwards, after I reflect on it, I say, I wish I would have known, right? I mean, we do that almost every single day. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have done that better. And it really goes back to that. Well, and, and on average, we don't learn things once. Yeah. We have to reapply it and experience mm -hmm. it repeatedly. And so if we're not exposed to quality performance skills training, that is going to su substantially decrease the likelihood that we develop those skills or we develop those capabilities. And we know that those types of training programs are not offered to everyone. You know, mm -hmm. businesses tend to focus on their high potentials, their leaders, their developer, the, those that they're going to make big investments in to provide them that high quality, highly effective training. But without these skills, both their performance suffers and their performance in their families also for all of us also suffers. And oftentimes that performance training is really usually only applied at work. So when they're receiving that training, they're thinking about it only in the workplace employee context, mm -hmm. not in how does this apply or how does this work in my family home context. And I joke all the time about how much schooling we go to that none of it really contains how to parent, how to be in a marriage. You know, those types of courses, training, information, and knowledge only come from additional investment in terms of money, time, and resources by people choosing to make that investment on their own. And those programs can often be expensive and unobtainable by most individuals unless their workplace is providing it. So most people don't seek out and go get these programs or know which programs to use or know how to put them together or know what all the pieces are that they need. And so it ends up taking us a lifetime to develop skills that would have changed our lifetime if we'd had it earlier. 
that would have changed how we lived our lives if we could have obtained it earlier in our careers. It really relies on learning by experience, right? Versus I would think, you know, if we're taught these skills a lot earlier. We get the training that we can avoid a lot of these situations or these challenges because we would have learned how to navigate them better through these different, you know, trainings and, and resources and things like that. Absolutely. And I think in my experience, and this is just mine, this is just me, but I've been studying performance practices hard for a decade. I came out of law school and I have read every book I can get my hands on. I still have a stack of ones that have just come out to understand high performance. Later this week, I'm going to a train an MBIT training uh, around how our brains work and, and how to transform um, our thinking and, and using the, the science and research behind our, how our brains operate. And all I've, I've acquired all of this because I think it, it has such an impact on how we show up and experience the world on how we have this journey through our lives and how we experience it. And what I saw during the pandemic more than ever before, was how much the performance practices I was learning and applying in the workplace were transforming how I showed up for my kids and my husband and my family at home, how it was transforming how I navigated my own emotional responses, how I was more vulnerable, how I built trust, how I do all these things at home I got from these workplace performance practices. But if I had not had the time and devoted the time and money to this endeavor, I wouldn't be able to impart that same knowledge and and skills and abilities to my family. And it has transformed how my family is showing up today. It's transformed how my kids and I interact in a way that wouldn't happen if I didn't have that knowledge and information. So why should businesses care about these issues and these challenges and this lack of training around capabilities? Why does it matter to them? It's a great question because most of the time uh, a business owner would say that's not my problem, right? That's the typical historic response. But I don't think that that's as true anymore. And I, I believe if you listen to our episode on businesses beings and thinking about our businesses as living beings, as made up of, of human beings that are living beings, so, so as a result, our business is a being as well, it's not a machine, then each element, each person that's part of the being is important. Then we really, if we believe that, if we believe that that's true at all of the, the elements, all the different people in our businesses are important, then we want to equip and care for each of these pieces to ensure the health of the whole. Then we want to make sure that we're doing the things that we need to do to keep our overall business being healthy, to to keep it in top performance, to keep it operating at its best. And if we really want to keep that overall business in balance, then we have to support and equip all of the people so that they can be healthy, so that they have what they need. And, and we know that when people face challenges with their families, the community, the world, it distracts and impacts their performance at work as well. I mean, as a business leader, you know, any business leader knows that when an employee is in personal crisis, their performance is impacted. Mm-hmm. Every, I've had employees that every time they got into a huge disagreement with their spouse or family member, 
their performance, their level of mistakes skyrocketed. Things were getting dropped. It was incredibly problematic to the point that there were times where I said, you need to get this resolved before you come back to work. It would be better if you were not working until you dealt with these challenges because you're too distracted. It's it's too it's too overwhelming. And a lot of businesses will say, well, I've got EAP programs, employee assistant programs, mm-hmm. right? I pay for those so that it will help people. But I I had them too in the corporate space. You know, generally less than 10% use it. Sometimes it's less than 1% of employees actually access and use those employee assistance programs. Any guess why that is? I mean, what comes to my mind, I think, is just that confidentiality. Maybe they're just, they don't want to admit defeat. They don't want to tell anyone about their problems. I think it's even simpler than that. I don't think they even think about it. Yeah. I think that most people are so busy struggling with the challenges Mm -hmm. that the fact that there's an EAP program out there that could maybe possibly might help them, but it's going to take more of their time and how do they incorporate it? And they're already drowning and they're already underwater and can't breathe and they don't have time to do the kids laundry and get their, you know, work done in the day and all the things pile up and the EAP program becomes just another thing that they don't have time for. So because it's not incorporated, because it's not part of something that they're already doing, it just becomes dismissed. And so this is where I think if that we can really help employees with the capabilities to limit and mitigate the crises, the challenges that they're experiencing. And if we do, it's going to reduce both their occurrence and their impact on the person. And then that's going to reduce that impact on the work as well. I like to use, I've thought about this for years of if we can help our employees maintain their marriages, have effective time, make sure they have time, make sure there's some balance there that they can do what they need to do, then we're going to have much less impact to our business than we are when they get divorced because we push them so hard and we hurt their, their family relationships that that divorce and what they go through and, and, and what that causes is going to be way more impactful to their performance in the business than giving them an appropriate amount of time to maintain their marriage and family relationships. Absolutely. That's, that's something that's very powerful, I think, is investing that initial time versus then waiting to see when things kind of implode, then trying, then you're in reactive mode, right? Then you're trying to fix performance rather than building them up so that they can navigate these challenges in their lives. Yes. Don't wait for the crisis. Let's equip people with the skills that they need to avoid the crisis in the first place. And we know workplaces already know we talked about this in our episode around corporate being dead and that we need a new model. Workplaces know that they need to invest in employee performance to improve the results of their business. They know that the world of work has changed. I think every you know, Harvard Business Review, all of the different magazines are and articles are written about this. Everybody's trying to navigate a changed cultural environment, literally a world changed cultural environment, not a localized, but a culture that has completely changed. And they know they have to invest. It's figuring out what that investment looks like. And so what I would offer is that what if by investing in employee performance, 
workplaces could also impact the employee's performance in their life outside of work. And as a result, the world at large. Mm -hmm. You know, the age old saying, (laughs) two birds, one stone. Yeah, right. Exactly. How do you kill two birds with one stone? What if workplaces could just focus on if they provide all their employees, not just some, all of them with these performance skills that then can be applied both at work and at home that can be used in both places. As you're talking about this model, Jessica, what's really coming to my mind is that well-being piece, right? And that correlation between engagement and well-being. Um, I actually read an article not too long ago around some statistics that um, that was actually produced by Gallup where they were looking at net thriving. That's kind of their measure of well-being. And, and what they do is they place employees in three different categories, right? In terms of well-being, their level of well-being. So they've got suffering, struggling and thriving and where they want people to be that kind of optimal level is thriving and what they found was that compared to employees who are engaged in their jobs and are thriving at well-being so having both of those elements employee compared to those employees who are engaged at work but are not thriving in all the other elements of well-being they found that they're 61 percent more likely to experience burnout often or always so a lot more burnout feeling exhausted feeling overwhelmed um, they're 48 percent more likely to report daily stress so the impact of everything else that's going on in their life is impacting them more than the other group and 66% more likely to experience daily worry, two more times likely to report daily sadness and anger. So, I mean, these are just statistics just showing exactly how the two kind of correlate and that you can't have one without the other. Because even if you've got that engaged employee, if their well being is out of whack, you're not going to get the same results as when you've got both an engaged employee and one who's got a healthy balance with well being as well. Well, and I, I think one of the things that I observed uh, as a leader was that often some of the most engaged employees were those that were suffering or struggling the most. Mm-hmm. And that because they were so engaged, they were putting so much in, they were really not taking care of themselves. And I might also be talking about myself at different points in my career where I was highly engaged, but I was ignoring big parts of my life. And I think as our lives get more complex, as we add children and spouses to our lives, our ability to navigate, you know, or to to have that level of engagement and keep that um, well-being in harmony, keep those things in harmony with each other becomes that much more complicated. And that is, again, why these skills and capabilities are so important and that as businesses, I I truly believe it's so important that we equip people with these key capabilities that will impact them, not just at work, but also at home. So how do we do that, Jessica? How, How do we incorporate that family home life piece into everything that we're doing? So first of all, I think we have to equip all employees, not just not just those who are in leadership positions, but all employees with these key capabilities that they're missing. And one of the reasons I want to I want to say I think that's so important is that I think that 
if you can do it earlier in a career, it's going to have a better trickle down effect into how they interact in their families, how they interact with their kids, the diff- how they incorporate these capabilities into that environment and ultimately train their children, you know, and 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 raise their children and interact in their marriage using these highly effective practices. So I think it's the four keys that we use of expectations, accountability, development, and feedback, all of which in my first book, The Exceptional Life Revolution, I lay out exactly how those apply to our workplaces, homes, and communities, and how you can use them in all three. And then I think it includes you know, a set of or a variety of different competencies. And a lot of training programs focus on just one of these. And I think what's important is looking at how do you integrate all of this together into just how you show up and exist in the world. So learning it, you know, training and learning on it, but then experiencing it in a way that fits with how we live our lives so that we can really use it on a regular basis. So some of the the capabilities I see are Mindset, vulnerability, emotional intelligence, communication, self-awareness, growth mindset. These are just a subset, I think, of some of the capabilities that are so important for us to, you know, equip all employees with and to do it using what we now have is scientifically validated methods for how we improve performance and using that neurological based coaching and development practices that can equip employees with these skills using what we now know about how the brain works and how to apply it in that in that context. And so I think we've got to train all employees on these critical skills and capabilities. And when we do, it's not just going to improve their performance at work, but it's also going to improve their roles at home and outside of work. So these workplace resources, we can actually teach employees how to do these practices both at work and help them live that better life outside of work as they're raising their children using these skills the skills and knowledge that they obtain in the workplace. And so that impact of this training could be tremendous, especially on those those people in entry-level positions, many of whom are probably early on in starting their, their families. And it could totally change how they live their life and raise their children. So do you have any kind of real-life examples of what this might look like? Absolutely. You know that I do. And I want to I want to dive deeper into two of them to kind of give you an example of the value that this can bring. So I'm going to actually start with expectations and boundaries. So we know expectations are critical in the workplace in order to have peace and eliminate drama. A lot of the conflict that comes in the workplace can come from misaligned expectations or poor communication around expectations. Different people believing that that the outcome is 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 the expectation is different uh, based on their their perspective or their experience. And so if we can really understand what's expected and where the boundaries or the lines of responsibility are. So, you know, where how much authority do I have? How far can I go? You know, what is that expectation? what do I do? What do you do? Then we, we can set, we can operate more effectively. We can, we can create, be focused more on performance than having to step on each other's toes or not be sure of what's expected. 
And expectations can actually happen either explicitly or implicitly. So they can either be clearly stated like in a written job description or expectations document where you lay out exactly what's expected, or they can be implicit, meaning they're demonstrated through experience and repetition. So expectations can develop over time in the workplace based upon what gets rewarded and what gets punished or what gets um, criticized. And so that experience is going to is going to change how what the expectation is. So in the workplace, if you're always uh, rewarding success and punishing failure, then the expectation is going to be don't fail, always be successful, win at all costs. And whether you say that explicitly or not, that's going to to become the outcome. So likewise, in our homes, when we think about expectations, we can either set them explicitly, laying out the rules or the boundaries or, or how what the expectations are between me and my spouse or me and my children, or they can come through implicitly. So if I am always doing the dishes every day, then I may implicitly set the expectation that I will always do the dishes. And we may never have said that, but that's the outcome or that's that's what happens. And so if you don't have a conversation, one person may be thinking, oh, that's the expectation. And the other person may be thinking, when did we ever set the expectation I was going to do the dishes every day? And so when we have these inconsistent or unclear expectation, that's when we have the absolute worst outcomes in, in our homes or in workplaces. And so you can think about how frustrating, you know, think about how frustrating that is for you at work when you're not sure, when it's not clear for you what you're supposed to be doing or where, you know, where those boundaries are or how much responsibility you have. Now, I want you to think about it, how that would feel for your kids at home. And so you can really start to relate, okay, if, if it's this frustrating for me at work as things keep changing, how might my kids feel if one time I say yes and the next time I say no and I'm not explaining why? Why did I say yes to watching a show after school yesterday and today I'm saying no? And so it starts to really make you aware as a, as a parent or as, as, a, as a person within your family how these same principles apply both at work and at home, and how getting better at setting expectations and boundaries using the same approach or the same uh, thought process can be applied then at home and help you create better awareness in how you're raising or providing input feedback to your children. Absolutely. And I know trust is another topic that kind of gets brought up a lot in trainings. What's, you know, what's the importance of that training? So that's another great example, right? So we need to have connection in order to create trust. So in order to have trust, you've got to create connection. And we have to have trust in order to have that open and effective communication. So if you want your employees to be telling you the truth, if you want your kids to be telling you the truth and really telling you what's going on, you have to build trust. And in order to do that, you need connection. So how do you create connection? The only way to create connection is by being vulnerable, by being to really admit your mistakes, your issues, your challenges, to show that you are in it with whomever you're you're performing with, so at work or at home. 
And so in the workplace, this is really important because it ensures better performance and outcomes. When people trust their leader, their manager, they work more effectively and they can address real issues rather than working around the issues or trying to hide the issues. Why is this important at home? Well, trust ensures more peace and a willingness to share challenges and issues early and often. So when we have a high degree of trust in our homes with our children and our spouses, they're going to be more likely to come and tell us when there's an issue. If instead we react, instead of responding, we react with frustration, anger, exhaustion, yelling, we're going to shut down that trust, that connection of sharing that we need in order to work through the challenges that are always going to come and always going to happen. And so really understanding how our behaviors, how the choices that we make in in how we interact every day are going to impact connection, which leads to trust, which leads to effective communication, really shifts how we how we think about and show up both at work and at home. Absolutely. And as you're talking, Jessica, what comes to my mind is the our mindset course that I took for the very first time a few years ago and how the techniques that I learned there tremendously improved my performance on a daily basis at work. But now reflecting on, I've been married now for a little over eight months, um, just how much of that mindset course I've taken and applied to my marriage has, it, it has just made the greatest impact. Those moments where towels don't get folded right or the dishes don't get put away, I apply those mindset principles so that we can navigate those challenges a lot smoother than we would have had had I not had that mindset course. So even though that training was presented to me during, you know, in a workplace environment. And it did, it helped my work. My work was a lot better. I produced more, uh, the results were there. It also worked exactly the same way in my life and my home life as well. And I think it's a great example of where these principles can be taught and then applied in both contexts really easily. So if we apply this knowledge to both work and home, it's going to have a positive impact on people, on our business, and on the broader world at large. It's going to have that trickle-down effect. And so it's such a small shift to say, I'm not just going to train these concepts in the workplace context, but I'm actually going to incorporate the, the exercises and the context and the examples and the elements that apply in the, in the family and the home context as well. Because that can have such a bigger impact that can just so tremendously um, expand the application and integration of this knowledge into the experience and lives of the people receiving it. So what is Evolving to Exceptional doing to support this new approach, this shift? And, and, you know, you and I talked a lot about this, a lot about what this means for Evolving to Exceptional and what we're putting together. And we know, I've been through them, there's fantastic training programs out there to help improve employee engagement, performance, skills. You know, there are competency trainings on every single competency, you know, hours long, days long trainings that focus on those to really hone those skills and and help people grow. But each one of these is costing potentially thousands of dollars 
and maybe they're effective maybe they're not effective um maybe they're completely ineffective you know you don't know necessarily when you first take it most people don't have access to that can't take all of those courses can't get all of that information and that alone is preventing some of the progress we'd like to see in our societies our families and our workplaces so what we want to do is create and what we're doing is creating a training program and our peak performance certification that addresses these skills that can be used both at home and at work. And so our certification is going to teach people how to gain this experience or skill set in both areas of their lives. So the way that this looks is we're going to incorporate how to apply these key performance practices, our four keys of expectations, feedback, development, and accountability. There's four of them. Applying these four keys to peak performance to both our roles at work and at home. And we're going to include exercises, strategies, and techniques for both the workplace and families so that when we're thinking about each of these elements and we're thinking about these skill sets, we're developing them not just at at work, but actually at home, which is even better because it actually expands the time that we and, and opportunities we have for experiencing the skills, which is actually what what turns them into skills from just knowledge to skill. And so this will allow us to really have our journeys through life be more enjoyable because we're equipped with skills that will allow us to enjoy it. And we're going to include this, all of this into our peak performance certification, into our coaching programs so that we're applying it in both contexts. And we're going to be focused on finding all of the ways that we can to help individuals achieve this exceptional performance at life not just at work, because that is really what evolving to exceptional is all about, is how do we help as many people as possible live that exceptional life and equip them with what they need to do so successfully. So we are hard at work on our peak performance certification, and we're planning to release it in full, hopefully by this fall. However, if you want to be part of our early access group, you can go to our website. You can sign up at a reduced price and start getting access as our courses become available. So if you have interest in in getting ahead of the game and seeing what these courses are going to be about and how they're going to, to help you in performing not just at work but at home and you don't have to make more time because it applies to both, then jump in, check it out, um, and we look forward to, to hopefully partnering with businesses in the near future to be able to provide them with the same type of training that can have such an impact for their employees in both contexts and really make a difference in their lives. So thank you so much for being part of this special episode of Evolving to Exceptional. I am Jessica and remember to always keep evolving. We'll talk to you again next week.